John chapter 13, verse number 12. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. I know some of you, um, we, though we practice feet washing as an ordinance of the church, some of you probably just seen the strangest thing of your life. <laughs> um, if you've never been part of a feet washing service, I grew up doing it, so it's not strange to me. But it is still a strange thing in our culture to see one man kneel before another man and wash his feet. Just try to picture how strange it must have looked that night to those disciples. And, um, and I can imagine the room was probably just as quiet as this one was when he rose from that table and girded himself with a towel and began to wash their feet. I mean, this, this was their king. This was their Lord. This was their master. This is the one that they had devoted their lives to serve. And now he has taken upon himself to perform the role of the lowest servant in the house, um, washing his disciples' feet. Even Judas, even Peter, who in a few hours would, would deny him. And if, if you think about the whole context of this, just a couple of days ahead of this, the disciples were arguing about which of them was the greatest. And they were having this, this conflict among them about who was the greatest. And then James and John's mama had the audacity to come and say, I want you to let my two boys sit, one at your right hand and one at your left when you come into the kingdom. And that made the other disciples mad as well. And Jesus responded to that argument in Mark chapter 10, verse 42, like this. He said, you know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto you, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. I say this almost every time we have communion and feet washing service. <clears throat> it took humility for Jesus to wash somebody's feet, but it also took humility for them to allow Jesus to wash their feet. I'm thankful, I'm very thankful for, for you guys and for Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And, and, I, and I mean this, I'm, I'm not being cliche, but I'm, this is a great church. And you all make us feel, you all encourage us and support us all year long. Um, I have pastor friends that, that struggle in ministry because they don't get the support that they need. But that's not the case here. You folks have always done 
above and beyond um, to be a blessing to me and to my family. And I, you know, I told somebody at a funeral last week. I hadn't seen him in 27 years. Raised dad's funeral, and he's like, "Well, you've been in Millwood a long time." I said, "27 years," and he's he's like, "Man, that's unheard of." And I said, "I serve a great church." And and for for listen, my kids are still here. My grandkids are being raised up here, and that speaks not not to how great a pastor I am, but to how great a church this is. My kids didn't want to go anywhere else. They didn't want to be anywhere else. Now, I'd have fought with them if they'd have tried, probably. But um, You guys do a, just a superb, phenomenal job. And and I, we are very grateful for 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 your gifts and for your cards and for your affirmation and for your respect and for your honor. But I I, I got to tell you what Timmy said is true. Um, I don't get put in very awkward situations. I, I'm you know you can call upon me to speak about anywhere at about any time, and and I'm that doesn't frighten me at all. It doesn't bother me at all. But Pastor Appreciation Sunday is the most awkward time of the year for me and. Um, I do the bulletin still. I've been doing the bulletin since 1997, I think. And the uh, church didn't have a bulletin for it, and I got copies of every one of them in my, in my cabinet in there. <clears throat> and the only time of the year I really struggle doing the church bulletin is pastor appreciation. I feel guilty even putting it in there. Um, but I want you to know I appreciate you for being such an encouragement and support to us. Um, and and I, listen, ministry can be difficult, but so can your job. I mean, we all got difficulties, and um, and I don't think that my life is any harder than yours is. I, you you have the same kind of struggles, same kind of difficulties I have. Um, you make it easier. Ministry ain't easy sometimes, but you make it easier. And, and you, you make it a joy um, to serve as your pastor. You add to the blessings of ministry. I'm trying not to ramble this morning. I don't really have an outline. But I, I didn't do what I did this morning for Garrett to be seen. Um, I just wanted to illustrate for you what Jesus did for his disciples. And, and, and my goal is not to be exalted. Our goal is not to be exalted. Um, my goal is to serve Jesus alongside you. After all that he's done for me, I don't think I can do any less than that for him. My goal is just to serve Jesus by serving you. That, that's, that's my calling. I, listen, I'm, I'm a pipe fitter and a mechanic by trade. I never in a million years ever saw myself standing behind a pulpit back in those days. And I have grown up here, and I did a lot of things from the beginning that I'm surprised you guys let me stay here this long. But you let me grow up with you, and I'm, I'm profoundly grateful for that, that you didn't disqualify me for some of my knee-jerk reactions and some of my explosions of temper. Um, but my, my joy in life and my calling in life is to serve Christ by serving you and 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 I'm I'm not better than you are, and I'm not more important than you are. <clears throat>
And um, I'm just going to be transparent with you. I'm not as spiritual as you give me credit for sometimes. In fact, I think some of you are more mature than I am spiritually, especially in certain areas of your life. I love the book, and I love to preach the book, and I believe every word of the book's true. And, and my favorite thing to do in ministry is to preach, and if you ain't figured that out by now. Um, but I ain't, this is just, the only difference between me and you is that God gave me the ability to do this and the calling to do this. He gave me the gift and the ability. I didn't know the gift was even there. Um, I took zeros on book reports in school so I wouldn't have to stand up in front of a crowd. I didn't know the gift was there um, until I stepped into it, until I started receiving invitations to speak. And most of the time at the beginning, honestly, it was just... You remember the old song they baptized Jesse Taylor in Cedar Creek last Sunday? He's the old drunk in town. Most of the time in them early days, all it was was people coming to see what happened to me. And I ain't got over that yet. I don't expect to be exalted, and I don't expect you to do anything that I'm not willing to do first, that we're not willing to do first, as examples to you. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, this admonition is given to the elders of the church. Peter's speaking to the pastors that are called to lead churches, and he said this, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight, that is to care for them, not by constraint, not because you have to, but willingly. Not for gain, not for monetary gain, not, not for what you can get out of it, but of a ready mind. That's just a willingness to serve God by serving his people. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And I think my primary responsibility, apart from the preaching and the teaching of God's word, is to do my very best just to try to be an example of a believer to you. I don't always do well. I don't, know, I don't always get it right. I sometimes fail. But we all do. And that's part of being an example as well, to come back and take responsibility for it when I do. Um, but, but our calling isn't just to preach. Our calling isn't just to teach. It's not just to counsel. It's not just to pray. It's not just to, to lead our calling is to serve. Our calling is to be servants, just as Christ was a servant. And that means washing feet. And that's just a symbol of what being a servant is all about. But um, it, it means whatever, whatever needs to be done to do. It means taking out the trash if the trash needs to be taken out. And homecoming Sunday, and that's not for a pat on the back. I'm just trying to tell you, I don't, I'm not better than you. There were 12 bags of trash outside the Family Life Center when I left. And some of the other members that were with us that hung around said, we'll get that preacher. And I said, no, you go on, I got it. 
I ain't better than anybody. Other people have hauled it off a lot more times than I did. I got a buggy that don't mind getting some trash juice in it. <laughs> it means plunging the toilets, and I've done some of that. It means fixing what's broken. I've done some of that. It means vacuuming the floor. I've done some of that. I'm not better than you. I've, I've been called to serve the Lord Jesus Christ by serving his people. And you do the same things. And I think if any of the three of us ever begin to think that we're too high, too mighty, too important to do those things, we've disqualified ourselves from ministry. I do. Because I think when we're too high, too mighty, and too important to get involved in those menial chores, then we're no longer following the example of Christ. And we disqualify ourselves from becoming his servants and his under-shepherds. But let me encourage you in this. <clears throat> Serving other people in Jesus' name is, is not a burden, it's a blessing. Serving other people in Jesus' name is not a burden, it's a blessing. To be his representative, to do anything in his name is an incredible privilege. In Acts chapter 20, verse 33, the apostle Paul said, I, I've coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. I, I'm, not, I'm not taking these missionary journeys so that you will give me silver and gold and fancy clothes. I'm not spreading the gospel across the face of the earth so that I can profit from it. Now people gave him gifts, but he said that I didn't covet those things. That ain't why I did what I did. Verse 34 said, Yeah, you know you yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities. I've done what I could to take care of my own needs and also to help take care of the needs of the people that were with me. Verse 35 says, I have showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's a blessing to serve. It's a blessing to give. It's a blessing to help. It's a blessing to minister, especially when you do so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I would say that serving other people is the most Christ-like thing that any one of us can do. Serving other people is the most like Jesus that we will ever be on this side of heaven. And I would also say that it is the most fulfilling. We had several years ago a big group of people from Zion Hill that went over to southwest Georgia when Hurricane Michael came through. And we got up real early that morning and got on the bus and took off and low boy trailer and tractor trailers and pickup trucks and chainsaws and rakes and and we hit the ground when we got there running. We didn't hardly see each other all day. We took a break for lunch. By the way, Brother William Smith, I met with him this week. I took two big pots of soup. That I, it was a last-minute thing. I decided the night before, them folks probably ain't eat a whole lot, and I fixed. Timmy calls it, that's the preacher's man soup because you can stand up a spoon in it. It ain't watered down. It's thick. 
and we carried them two big old pots over there, and and they them people been eating hot dogs for too long. They were glad to get their hands on some man soup. And William Smith said, "There's a, an old black lady in Cockwood that still thinks I made that soup because y'all served it at the state office. That's where our state office is. And every time I see her, she said, brother, we we gonna cook some more of that soup.'" And he's like, I didn't cook that soup. That preacher lives on the other side of the state. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, we worked like Hebrew slaves that day. And the last two jobs that we did, I didn't want to do. Because I was tired. I was ready to go home, and I knew everybody else was tired. But when they hit them two jobs, they, they worked like they hadn't hit a lick all day and, and knocked them out. And I guarantee you, every one of them people that worked that day not made not one single dime, but gave all of their time and all of their energy, gave everything they had to serve some people that were in need. I can, I can tell you to this day, a lot of them will tell you that that was one of the most fulfilling things that they have ever done in their entire life. It was just done in Jesus' name. Wasn't no questions asked about whether... The, what denomination you were a part of or whether you were a Christian or whether you were a Democrat or a Republican, it was just a need that was met. And that last house that we did was an old Jewish man who's his neighbor said, don't clean up my place, clean up his. We wound up doing both, but he said, I, he's a Jew and I've tried my, all my life to be a witness to him, but he won't listen to me. And that old Jewish man shook my hand that afternoon he asked me if I was a pastor, and I said, yes, sir. And he said, let me give y'all something. I said, no, sir. And then with tears in his eyes, he said, I've had a bad taste in my mouth for the church for many years, but something has changed in me today. I don't know if he's ever come to Christ or not, but he saw something from the church that day. He saw people serving in Jesus' name. It's fulfilling. And, and I, I think we've hurt ourselves a little bit because this whole consumer-minded Christianity has robbed a lot of people of that. We, you know, we, get, we, we come and say, feed me, feed me, feed me, serve me, serve me, serve me. Do, and, and, and we're robbing ourselves of a blessing when we have that kind of mentality. And you could say, well, we, maybe we got a lot more fans, but we got a lot fewer disciples too. And we may have more spectators, but we got less people on the field serving. And, and let me just, I'm, I'm trying not to ramble, but let me just say this. When you serve in Jesus' name, this is not about being guilt-driven to do something. I've, listen, I've served out of guilt before. And it, it, don't, it don't last long. It won't work long. And I've done it here. I told y'all stories. Um, I mean, we're paying somebody to maintain the cemetery. But there was a time years ago that I, I kept the cemetery mode. And I rode around on that lawnmower mad with everybody. I ain't got no people buried out here. Why ain't they out here mowing this cemetery? And I realized one day I was taken away from any blessing I might receive by that attitude that I had, that I was being driven by guilt or being driven by necessity instead of being driven by the privilege of serving other people in Jesus' name. So I'm not talking about I'm not talking about a guilt-ridden service mentality. Not because you need to, which is what I did the cemetery to. I needs to be mowed, and ain't nobody else going to do it. So I got to do it. When I went at it with that mentality, 
I robbed myself of whatever blessing I could have received out of it. But when you, but when you start serving out of a grace-driven mentality, I am grateful for the grace that God has given to me. And let me take that grace and use it for His glory. Let me take that gratitude and use it for His glory. And, and, and then it becomes not I've got to do this. It becomes I get to do this. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. For brethren you have been called unto liberty. Jesus has set you free. He's delivered us from the penalty of sin. He's delivered us from the yoke of the law, from the bondage of keeping every letter, keeping every point. You've been called to liberty. Jesus has set you free. But don't use your liberty to serve your flesh. But by love serve one another. With a heart and an attitude of love, serve. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, he said, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, he said, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. When we serve each other in love, it becomes a joy and a blessing. Not a got to, but get to. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. And this is one of the most powerful passages in all of God's Word to me. It's, it's what they, theologians call it the kenosis chapter. Kenosis literally means the emptying. That Jesus who existed from eternity past is one of the members of the Godhead emptied himself to come and become a servant and to give his life a ransom for us. But it said, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. This ain't about me trying to get ahead of you. This ain't about me trying to get glory for myself. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about any of us. We ought not to serve in that way. We ought to do nothing to get ahead of each other. Nothing for vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. See, Jesus is not asking us to do anything for each other that he hadn't already done for all of us. He's not asking us to do anything for each other that he hadn't already done for all of us. Let this mind be in you. What mind? That mind that wasn't just thinking about his own needs. That mind that, 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 was, that, that came to serve and to minister, not to be served and to be ministered to, but to give his life a ransom for many. And, and, and I believe that serving each other in love is transformative. I was sharing this with somebody on Homecoming Sunday, and, and I think Cindy will agree with me, and I'll give her, she don't say a whole lot in public, but I would give her the privilege to stand up and object if I'm not telling you the truth. 
the last 10 years of our marriage, I say the last 15 years of our marriage, there was a turn that took place. We, we're still growing. I'm not, I'm not telling you my marriage is perfect. We still have our days. And they're not as intense as disagreements as they used to be, and they don't last as long, and they don't come as often, so we're making progress. But these, this passage of Scripture spoke to me and her both many years ago because most of our married life, I had the mentality that it's her job to meet my needs. And that's what I thought about all the time. She needs to be a good wife to me. She needs to be a good wife to me. She needs to be a good wife to me. And standing up here preaching one morning about marriage and looking her in the eye made me see the hypocrisy of my life. And I, we determined that day that we were going to, in fact, they're the words that we said is, and you'll hear her repeat them sometimes. I don't want to be married to her for 50 years. I don't want her to be married to me for 50 years and just thank God that we made it. I want to be married for 50 plus years and say thank you God for those 50. Give us 50 more. I was sharing with somebody on homecoming Sunday. There was something clicked in our thinking back then and it's gotten better every year since then. When, 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 the, when the mindset shifted to it's her job to meet my needs to it's my job to meet her needs. And it became almost a what does she need? How can I serve her? How can I help her? How, what can I do to make her life better, easier? Transformed our marriage. And when we're both working from that platform, it transforms a marriage. Jesus washes the church with his word so that he might present it back to himself, a glorious bride without spot or blemish. When we serve each other out of love, when we put other people's needs ahead of our own, it transforms our lives, it transforms our relationships, it transforms churches, and I believe it can transform our world. And you don't need a title to do that. You don't have to be elected to do that. You don't have to be appointed to do that. I, don't, I wouldn't even say you have to be asked to do that. You don't need any of those things to serve. You just have to look around and find a need and feel it. That's all. Look around, find a need, and feel it. That's how you serve. That's how you serve your wife. That's how you serve your church. Look around, find a need, and feel it. Anything you do that meets a need or lightens a burden is serving. Anything you do that meets a need or lightens somebody else's burden is serving. My brother won't ever, if you ask him to pray in church, he'd run out that back door so fast. My, 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 my home church has been asking him to be a deacon for 10 years. 
And he won't because he said, no, nah, y'all going to make me pray in public or stand behind that pulpit. And I ain't doing it. But he fits the model of a deacon better than anybody I know because if there is anything around that church that needs doing, he's doing it. He and I build pools together on Monday. And I tell everybody, he works harder, I work longer. He don't have to go back, I do. He's the workhorse. He tells people he's the brains and I'm the brawn. But we all got, we got our jobs to do. My daddy came watch us work one day. He said, I'm going to the house. Y'all don't even talk to each other. Because we don't have to. I know what I do. He knows what he, do, he does. But here's what my brother will do. If he gets finished with whatever he's doing, he's doing my job. I told him yesterday. I'm like, I'll get that. I got it. I always get that. I got it. He's going to have a bigger mansion than me in heaven. I know that he is. And didn't never have to pray in public to get it. And didn't never preach a sermon. And Jesus says something about he that is least is going to be the greatest. One that stands in the line last, he's going to be the first. There's a lot of service in this church. Watch them when the meal's finished up in the fellowship hall, running around, wiping tables, bagging up the trash, sweeping the floors. Some of them have taught Sunday school consistently without stop, without asking for relief, without asking for a break. Some of them have taught from, from since I, before I came here. There was a bunch of them over here last night from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock probably practicing to serve, getting ready to serve. There's a lot of service in this church, and this church is not a good church because I'm the pastor of it. This church is a good church because it's full of people with servant hearts. Anybody that ever comes to any of my, my daddy will tell you, Bill Mullis tells everybody in Waycross, if you ain't never been to their seafood feast, you need to go out there because they'll shuck your oysters for you. That's why this is a good church. And, and most of the folks that are, and one reason I feel bad on, on Pastor Appreciation Sunday is there's a lot of folks who serve behind the scenes that don't ever get the pat on the back and don't want the pat on the back they're, because they're not serving to be seen. They're not serving to be rewarded. They're serving because they're grateful and blessed to be able to do it. There's something that frightened me years ago anyway. Jesus said to Pharisees, they pray these long, loud prayers so that they can be seen. They get, when they give gifts, they announce it. And Jesus said, barely I tell you, they do what they do so they can be praised of men. I'm telling you, they've already got their reward. But he said, when you do your giving, your serving, you do it in secret. 
In fact, he said, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Just do it. Then your father, which seeth in secret, will reward thee openly. And that thing kind of got on my mind. I'm like, so every time t- somebody tells me a good, I've done a good job, they've done the t- that's my reward. <laughs> so the best thing to do is stop doing stuff that other people can see you do and start doing the stuff that nobody sees you do and watch your father reward you for that openly. Jesus keeping a record. He's keeping a record because he said, you won't ever even give a cup of cold water in my name that you won't be rewarded for. That's what serving in love does. And so I just pray that all of our lives, each of our lives and this church, are known in heaven and in earth, now and forever, as those who by love serve one another. Because there ain't no better life you can live than that. There ain't no more fulfilling life you can live than that. There ain't no more Christ-like life than you can live than that. There ain't no better way to be a witness than that. I've challenged them in the marriage class before I'm done. What if we made a competition out of who could outserve the other one? I'm not suggesting. I know where that can lead to because I know how competition is. But if you did that in marriage, what would what would your marriage look like? I'm gonna do more for Cindy than she does for me. I'm gonna outserve her. And what if she had that same mentality? No, you ain't. Y'all don't think that'll transform your marriage? It's transformed ours. What if the church took that mentality? No, you not. You not. I'm. I'm gonna do this. I don't think there's I don't think there's any limit as to what can get done and what can change when we adopt that kind of mentality of by love serving one another. Let's stand together. Lord, I uh, for whatever the reason I know that I rambled this morning and I <clears throat> pray that you have by your spirit Helped it find a place where it needs. I know I couldn't get away from it. For the King of glory. And the name that's above every name. The name that one day... Your word says every knee and every every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. <clears throat> if he could gird himself with a towel and pour water in a basin and kneel down before the man who he knew would sell him out for 30 pieces of silver wash his feet call him a friend then surely there is there's nothing that you've ever asked us to do that you hadn't already done a hundredfold more than for us God help us to learn how to 
by love serve one another. I'm thankful for the privilege of serving here in this church for the last 27 years of my life. And you know I pray this prayer in private just as much as I pray it publicly. I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't want to be with any other group of people. I don't want to serve anywhere but right here until you call me home. Thank you for this church, for all that they've meant to me and to my family. Thank you for the ministry here. Thank you for every growth, spiritually, numerically, financially. Thank you for every way that we've been able to impact the kingdom for your namesake and pray that our best days are still ahead. Help us all to be more like you, Jesus. Just have your way in this invitation and do whatever you want to do and it'll be good because you don't do anything bad. Just have your way and we'll praise you for that in Jesus' name.